Jesus Christ. We bless God. We celebrate his name. I welcome you to Emmanuel Prayer Line, to Emmanuel Christian Assembly, where the gatherings of the saints are always on parallel by the grace of God. And the hand of God keeps us moving on from one level to another in power, in strength, in wisdom, in the revelations of his spirit. And today is another day. This morning is another morning for us to be blessed. And so I start the morning with you with the blessings from the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare that may he give you the dues of heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I speak prophetically into your home, into your family, into your business, into the work of your hands, into your relationship, into your acquaintances. I declare that may the Lord give you the dues of heaven. Every form of dryness that has found itself into your life and into your family that is plaguing you and causing you trouble. Today, dryness give way and the dews of heaven falls upon your fields in the mighty name of Jesus to bring refreshment from the Lord into your house, into your home, in the mighty name of Jesus. Every weariness and every tiredness, every stress the enemy has projected as a weapon against you today by the blood of Jesus Christ, I remove those weapons far away from you and I declare and decree in the name of Jesus Christ that may the blessings divine from the Lord overshadow your life and empower you, make you strong in him in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. This day has been the Father's Day. I speak prophetically in the name of Jesus Christ to all fathers and all any male figure on this platform and those that are listening to me live from any platform, I declare and decree in the name of Jesus Christ that may the power from on high rest upon your life. May the strength from on high rest upon your life. May the wisdom of God come upon your life. May the grace of God fill your heart up. May the love of God fill your heart up in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May you become a wonder and a sign of glory. May you become an instrument of blessing in every environment. You find yourself. Anything that you do, may the Lord bless it and prosper it in the mighty name of Jesus. Those who cause pain, you will not be part of those people. Those who cause trouble, you will not be part of those people. And anyone the enemy may cause as a pain in your life, may the hand of the Lord remove them and anyone that has been set up as a weapons of war to defeat every agenda of progress in your life today I stand prophetically removing such people far away from you in the name of Jesus Christ and any altar that is speaking against you and any sacrifices made against you for whatever reason it may be today by the power of Jesus name I render those voices from those altars ineffective and inoperative. Anywhere anyone is wishing you ill or evil, desiring that evil may befall you so that they can have a reason to celebrate or jubilate. I declare that let your expectations be cut short and never materialize. Let the glory of God surround your life and your children. Let your home see the peace of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Every desire 
of your heart that will help you progress in the spirit may the lord provide for you and any opportunity of advancement that you need in your life to make you worth living for you to have a comfortable life i declare in the name of jesus even the name above every name that may jesus christ bring it to pass for you may jesus do it for you may jesus help you out may jesus christ elevate all that concerns you in the mighty name of jesus christ the places where shame and gloom has taken shape of your life today it ends by the power of jesus name those that the enemy has planted in your offices to frustrate you in your offices to deny you of opportunity in your offices to cause you pain and trouble and to speak evil about you i declare by the hand of the lord and by his divine finger may the lord remove anyone that must be removed and replace anyone that needs replacement in the name of jesus christ but for you may you receive the peace of god on the work of your hands may you receive the grace of God on the work of your hands. May you receive the favor of God on the work of your hands. May your finances be stable. I say, may your finances be stable. May you become progressive with favor. May you become progressive with flourishing from the hands of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I declare from today by the hand of God that you will surely see the goodness of the Lord even in the land of the living. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I declare and decree, Moshadusa, that may the abundance of heaven come to your aid. May the resources of heaven come to your aid. May the Lord who is able to put a joy in the heart of those whose hearts are heavy, may he put the joy of the Lord filling your hearts up in the mighty name of Jesus, removing every heaviness, removing every burden, removing every anxiety, removing every depression, removing every worry in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. May your house receive the abundance of progress in Jesus' mighty name. From today, you are counted among the blessed. I say from today, you are considered and accounted among the blessed. May the blessings of God make you worthy to be counted among the blessed in the mighty name of Jesus. Excel to the glory of God. Prosper in the name of our Lord Jesus. Jesus Christ. Let the light of God that shines in darkness and darkness we cannot comprehend to that light. I declare that may the light of God shine in your home, shine in your marriage, shine in your ideas, shine in your businesses, shine in your protocols. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, whatever you do, may the light of God prevail that every darkness will give way to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh Jesus, we bless you. We bless you, oh God, we bless you. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you can pray in the spirit, just pray in the spirit for some time. Come on. If you can bless the Lord, do it now. Give him praise. Exalt the Lord. Give him glory. In the name of Jesus. Before the word of God comes, receive the blessings of God and invite God. Set 
celebrate God. Tell the Lord that today you want to be blessed in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. We give Jesus the praise. We give Jesus the praise. We give Jesus the praise. Jesus, we give you praise. Jesus, we bless you. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We give you praise. Hallelujah. We celebrate you now. We celebrate you now. Jesus, you are worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Hallelujah. For this awesome Father's day. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Emmanuel. The Lord indeed is with us. Amen. Amen. I want to Amen. take this opportunity to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. And I want to thank God for all the lives of all fathers who are on the platform. And I pray that may the Lord make you a wonder and a sign of glory. That men will look up to you and glorify God and see Amen. salvation of the Lord in their lives. May your dealings and all that you do be to the glory of God. May you live exemplified lives, all fathers and all husbands on the platform, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Can, can we clap for the fathers and all the men on the platform? Please, wherever they are, let's give them a clap offering. Hallelujah. <laughs> we celebrate all of you. We celebrate all of you. Amen. 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 Yes, you can produce children, but it takes a father to nurture a soul. And so those of you who are still not yet biologically uh, fathers, it does not mean that you are not doing a good job. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage Amen. you all to know that Jesus Christ is actually appreciating your facts and the things that all of you are doing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I have a very special message for us to share. We are still on the issues of the altar. Uh, and it's very important, hallelujah. We have dealt with the family foundations. We have dealt with what an altar is. We have dealt with some of the uh, things that comes into play when we're talking about altar, especially in the biblical context. Hallelujah, the biblical context. The Bible has helped us to understand from the scriptures from, on the, from 4th of June, coming all the way to this point where we are standing today to help us to know some of the things that's going on in terms of altars. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Amen. And we, we, we came, we ran into Abraham uh, when God had called him, he being the patriarchs of all the faith. Uh, if you look at it carefully, the, uh, the Muslims, uh, they, they claim allegiance to Abraham. Actually, when you go to Mecca, you see the black box in the middle of Mecca. They say that the, the, the thing, there is a, a plaque inside the box. Uh, it is the footsteps of Abraham. So they have carved that thing out and it's inside the box. Uh, I wonder who saw that footprint and I wonder where they find it from. And so they have it in there as, um, as a, a mech, uh, an object of worship that they go there. And the Jews, the Jews also also places allegiance to the father. Um, Abraham is their father. So Abraham has become the, the main focus, and also the Christians also same. So the Abraham, the father Abraham, has become the main focus of a lot of uh, these religions and all that. So we all have one thing in common in terms of understanding of the patriarchal uh, level. That is, Abraham is the source for the Judaism, uh, for the Judaism, for the Islamist uh, religion, for the Christian, and for the, all the rest that we can talk about. And, and when we started learning about these authors, we came to that place of realizing that Abraham spontaneously uh, raised an altar in honor of God based on the promises of God to make him a father of many nations. And the promise of God has come to pass. Hallelujah. It has come to pass. And today we are all part of the lineage or the fruit of Abraham's activity. Hallelujah. And, and I, I helped us to come to that place of understanding that the same attitude that was in the father Abraham, it was passed on, on to the son Isaac. And Isaac also passed on the same thing inherently to the grandchild of Abraham. Hallelujah. Even Noah, if we want to go a little bit further down to the roots of the beginnings of the scriptures, Noah, also similar thing, we came to the place of knowing and understanding that Noah also even raised an altar to the Lord after the flood and he had uh, come out of the, um, the, 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 the ark. The Bible says so that the Lord commanded him, you know, to come out. And when he came out, the first thing that he did was, was to make, raise an altar and place upon the altar sacrifices. So you and I, we have also this privilege of being able to also uh, either raise an altar or any altar already raised, we can place sacrifices on it so that we can sacrifice unto our God. Hallelujah. We know for sure that the devil has stolen all these principles of the, of the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the Father in heaven. And he has been practicing this thing strongly in many spheres and creating all kinds of havoc and difficulties in life. Uh, personally, as I promised to give you as an example about my life, I have lived in a house and a household that is uh, uh, religious. In my household, we have um, those who serve the, the shrine of the village and those who serve um, a Christian, those who were Christian. We, we had those who were um, Islam in one one house, okay, one house. There were those who were in Islam. Or some of my uncles were in Islam, Uncle Kramo. Um, uh, some of them were in Seventh Day Adventists. Some of them uh, were in um, 
Methodist church. Some of them were in the Presbyterian church. Some of them, uh, I don't know how they call it, but uh, uh, Pen uh, Church of Damascus, you know, uh, it's like a, relig a spiritualist church kind of thing. We had that also in the house. We had uh, people from the Church of Pentecost. So one of my uncles were in the Church of Pentecost. And, 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 and my mom's side or my grandmother was a Methodist. So, so we were, we, I was going to Methodist church. And, and so we, in one house, I'm talking of one family home, that, that is the kind of um, the family home it was. We were very religious, hallelujah very religious and everything that goes on in the house helps you to understand how men are inherently and incurably religious whether we know it or not or whether we believe it or not and out of these things we sometimes we raise altars unknown or unknowingly or sometimes we know for a fact hallelujah i know of a family that the family decided to raise an altar in the house why because the women in the house were only giving birth to women there was no male figure in the house. And so what they did was to go to somewhere to obtain some evil powers from a shrine that could give them stability of birth into the area of male figure. So the men began to come because there was an altar that had been raised. Hallelujah. So altars are not only... Um, positive things. It can also be raised negatively. We have studied all these things. I'm only doing recapitulation so that we can understand where we have come from and to the place where we want to go into the facts and the technicalities of authors. That is today's topic. The facts and the technicalities of authors. This is very vital information that you need to know by the grace of God. If you fail to know this, then you might miss out on a lot of opportunities. Hallelujah to even understand altars, for you to give your attention to altars. Hallelujah. There are about 10 facts and 10 technicalities that are involved. I hope by the grace of God, I can complete them all. Amen. So please, people of God, altars are very, very vital. And mostly, it is raised by the fathers. Mostly. Mostly. It is raised by the fathers. Not because only fathers do that, but mostly because fathers are the lead figure in the house. Mostly the fathers go for all this kind of stuff or they take the, the, the very strategic decisions to either help the family in a particular sense. There are other altars that other people also raise. Recently, we've been talking about, we've been seeing people also raising strange altars that produces money or wealth. You know, we have altars that produces wealth. So people can do all kinds of stuff to get themselves, raise an altar and begin to sacrifice sacrifice for those altars. Hallelujah. And all these altars are biblically inclined in the sense that the altars were established by God. So today, we're going to go straight into the word to learn about the facts and the technicalities of altars. Amen. If your Bible is close to you, I will encourage you to be able to pick up your scriptures because today I'm going to give you biblical precedence. Everything I'm going to talk about, I'm going to back that by the Bible so that when you sit down and somebody is talking about altar, you know that it is right from the Bible and the devil has stolen it and waging war against lives, against families, against individuals, against businesses and all kinds of things. Hallelujah. Amen. And I keep... and. I, 
encouraging and advising and motivating us that whatever the case may be, you must learn how to raise an altar. Hallelujah. You must learn how to raise an altar. And you must know where the altar is being raised to. I mean, the deity or the power behind what you are doing or the altar you are raising. You have to declare that or you have to identify that. Hallelujah. If not, Satan will take over that altar and then he can begin to wage war against you by your ignorance. If I can put it that carefully in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So let's go into the facts of, of altars. Let's go into the facts of altars. Biblically, Re Revelations chapter 9, verse 13. Revelations chapter 9, verse 13. The Bible says that God has an altar. There is an altar, or the scripture puts it this way, a golden altar that is before the throne of the Father. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that the angels of God are before these authors. And one of these, one of these angels, the Bible says that a sense or a bow was given to this altar. From, uh, from, and that angel was released from the river uh, Euphrates uh, to kill one third of mankind. Hallelujah. That, 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 that angel came from the presence of the Lord and the bow, a golden bow was given to him. And that bow, there was something in there and he poured that thing before the altar of the Lord. So God has got an altar. God himself has got an altar. So that is the genesis of these things that comes into our lives automatically. You know that the Bible says that he created us in his image. So whatever is in heaven and whatever God does, the same thing is an inherent thing that is in us for us to also exhibit in our lives daily. So people of God, whether we know it or not, or we understand it or not, altars are before us and we raise them daily or in our actions. It, it creates an altar for us because God himself has got an altar. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 9 verse 13. Hallelujah. Point number two. Facts number two. People can set an altar up unknowingly or to an unknown power. Yes. If we don't take care based on our actions and the things that we do, we can raise an altar unknowingly. It is not your plan. You didn't know that whatever you were doing, you were raising an altar. But because of the actions that you have taken, it has created an altar or speaking over on the situations which an altar is underneath that situation. And so we can create an altar by ourselves by raising sacrifices or sowing seeds in some areas. Hallelujah. Knowingly or unknowingly. I shared with you an example about Mrs. Ejari's um, seed that she sowed on an altar, that she raised an altar for three children. And I had no clue about those three children. Hallelujah. And she sowed that as a seed in a, on an altar when a man of God had prophesied and said that, hey, those of you who are here, let them bring some right names of your children and then sow a seed of a particular amount of money. You see, a seed of a particular amount of money and then write the names of your children, buy a bottle of oil and then put the names of the children in there and keep it for a couple of days. And she kept hers for seven years. And after seven years, I met her and then we came together as couples and then I was in prayer. 
I didn't know all these things. I was in prayer, and the Lord revealed to me about the number of children that the Lord would give to us. That was three. And then within that, by the grace of God, now we do have three children in this house. Hallelujah. And I had no clue about this until one day we were talking about children and uh, how many children and all that. And I said, this is what I've seen. And she said that these are the names of the children I have written. And she bring, brought out the bottle and took out the names. And it had been kept for seven years. So you see, she raised an altar unknowingly, but on a positive altar. And whatever she did now has begun to speak for her by the raising of the altar that she raised and the sacrifice that she placed. That is the seed of financial donation that she donated to the altar, which is the church that she was in at the time. So now the author has spoken for her or her actions has spoken for her. So we can raise an unknown, uh, an author to an unknown God or to an unknown deity or to a known God or unknowingly. And by our actions, some reactions will take place. Hallelujah. To every action, there is a corresponding re reaction. So it is always vital to know what you are doing so that you don't put yourself in a mess by your actions. Hallelujah. Because you will definitely get a corresponding reaction, either positive or negative. And so the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 22, coming down to 23, the Bible says that then, then Paul stood in the midst of the Europagos and said, men of Athens, I perceive that all things you are, or in all things you are very religious. For as far as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar. Uh, which with the inscriptions to an unknown God. This was the experience of Paul, that he had gone to a place called Athens, and then he was standing in front of their gods, and then he found out that they had written inscription on, onto those gods, and they said that they have done those sacrifices on those altars to an unknown God. So the people of Athens knew that there was a deity somewhere, but they didn't know this kind of power or this deity that it was. So what they had to do was to raise a sacrifice or to create an altar and serve this deity without knowing who this deity was. And the devil has stolen that and hurting or plaguing them at the time until the appearance of Paul to know that these people are religious and they were serving God. And so he diverted their attention back to God, the true God, where the true altar has been established before him. Hallelujah. So altars can be raised unknowingly. So be careful how you do your stuff. Amen. Point number three. Point number three. Altars are kept in high honor. Altars are kept in high honor. Everywhere, even including the village that I come from, you dare not. There is a particular tree that stood in the village, somewhere close to my father's house. And that tree, nobody dares to put a knife or a cutlass on that tree. 
It's a massive tree, very massive, that a couple of people, your hands cannot walk, uh, uh, hold uh, hands together, cannot surround the tree in circumference because it's a massive tree. And within that tree is a hollow. And according to stories and according to history, what my dad told me was that that tree was the focal point of the shrine of the whole village. So nobody dares to put a knife or a cutlass on that tree. And our animals and birds lived on, down there. And you could feel it. And whenever you were going through or close to that tree, it was a bit spooky. Hallelujah. It was a bit spooky. When you get closer and closer, you can see that there was no day that there was no leaf on that tree. Every day and every time from every season, the tree was green and bushy. Every time. Every time. As I can cast my eye back. Every time. Hallelujah. So if we don't take care and that place, the respect and the value they give to it, it was so powerful. And Jesus Christ is helping us to understand something here. Hallelujah. That we have to realize what we do, that the moral directions of, of Paul, the Paul was also saying something. Let me, let me let's take the, uh, the advice of Paul first so that we see how altars are kept in high honor. Amen. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 10. Let's start from verse 7 uh, to, um, I think we will drop to verse 10. There's a lot of reading on that. This is the moral directions from Paul to the body of believers. And he was speaking to them about some stuff. And he said to them from verse 9, he said, Don't be carried away with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that the heart be established by grace. This is the advice of Paul. He said that don't allow doctrines of men and the services and other things carry us away, but let our heart focus on the establishment by grace that the Lord can establish us by grace, not with food which have not got profit, uh, has never given profit to those who have given or occupied themselves with them. We have an altar from, from which those who serve the altar in the tabernacle have no right to eat on it. Hallelujah. This is the advice of Paul. He is saying that those who serve in the temple, temple, there is an altar in the temple. And the people who serve the altar must not even get closer to defile the altar by eating closer or even on the altar. Hallelujah. So, forgive me, I've got the young ones around here today. <laughs> Amen. We are teaching them some stuff. Hallelujah. Amen. So, this is, this is you are starting out here today to come and say hello to us. Say hello and go. Hello. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, you guys stay on there, okay? Hallelujah. Yes, we are teaching them gradually. We will get there. Hello. Amen. Yeah. So, authors are very vital, and Paul is advising that, Altars must not be uh, disrespected. So a high honor must be kept on the altar. In Exodus chapter 30, verse 20, also, for a minister to minister on the altar, you must be clean first. 
So before you ought, you enter into the holies of holies, into the temple, which the Bible talks about that the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father gave as an instruction to the people of Israel so that they can worship the Lord from the temple and the tabernacle. There is, a, there is, a, there is an altar, there is a censer, there is a bowl that carries some water. And before you go to the altar to sacrifice or to make any, any uh, uh, activity, you've got to wash your hands clean. And anything that you come and place on the altar to must also be clean. Hallelujah. No blemishes, no anything, substance of waste, and anything that has got scratches or lame or blinded or something. The Bible specifically describes what we need on the altar. So every altar is always kept in high honor. Hallelujah. So altars that are not kept in high honor, guess what happens to it? There is no value of substance or response of honor to the people who serve those altars. So if there has not been any response to your prayer life and any answer to the things that you're doing and you're not seeing things working well for you, ask yourself the question, how honorable is the altar of incense of prayer Am I giving to the work of God or to the Lord? Because we will get to that place to understand that every prayer of the saints, hallelujah, I'm saying again, every prayer of us, every prayer you have ever prayed, the Bible specifically says that there is an angel who has been given enough incense to put in the golden censer, and your prayer and my prayer is put in that in that censer, and the censer with the incense are bent before God, and the aroma thereof is mixed with your prayer, and that is that is what is blown before God, and God uses that to either accept your prayer or reject your prayer or deny your prayer or keep your prayer in a place of of of, of no response. Hallelujah. So it is vital by the grace of God that everything that we do, that by the grace of God, we have to be able to honor the altars that we have. Hallelujah. The altars that we have, we have to honor that in Jesus' name. Amen. We have one more also here. That is Neria for you if you can see her face. Say hi and go. All right. And then we have Je Jeshua here, baby. Jesus is also here. Who also, also wants to come and say hello? <laughs> Amen. So all of you have said your hello, so you can go. Yeah. Hello. My apologies, my apologies, hallelujah, amen, amen, hallelujah. So altars are very vital. My apologies for, for the distraction from these young ones, uh, hallelujah. It is very vital that we have to look into it and become very observant and be careful as to how we can handle these things that goes on with us. Yes, you can. Amen. Hallelujah. 
number four, point number four. My apologies, Mrs. is not here. She's gone to honor uh, grandfather. Uh, so that is why the children have lost their Sunday school and they are here with me doing the church together. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number four, point number four. All prayers to God. This is where we come. All prayers to God, hallelujah, all prayers to God. The Bible says every prayer that goes to God in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that it is placed, which, which I have just spoken about it. And I'll read from Revelation chapter 8, verse 1, from verse 1 coming down. And the Bible says that when, the, when, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw the seventh angel who stand before God, and to, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel having a, a golden censer came and stood at the altar of God. And he was giving much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints on earth upon the golden censer, upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the hand of the angel. Hallelujah. So, as I spoke earlier on, our prayers, every prayer of a saint of God, are always messed up with the, with the incense in the hand of the angel. And the incense are bent on the altar before God. And the aroma goes before God and for God to respond or react to our prayers. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So our altars are very vital. It is very important. It has something to do with our prayers, our Christian walk, our Christian journey. Let us not trivialize the altars of the saints. Hallelujah. It is important so that whatever we do, we know for sure by God's grace that I am dealing decisively and doing what God wants us to do. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you are still happy with me? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Point number five. Messages are sent to men through altars. Messages are sent to men or spiritual messages are sent to men through altars. Hallelujah. Amen. My apologies. The, the kids have done something on the, on, on the car. So it's okay. You guys go and sit down. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, it's difficult to work with these ones. Hallelujah. Mommy is not here today, so that is why they are all around. Amen. But we'll still work with them. Amen. Hallelujah. So it is important for us to also see this, that messages are sent. The Bible says in the book of Luke, chapter 1, from verse 1 to 12, the Bible says that Zachariah was at the service of the Lord and in the temple. And one of his duty was to burn an incense on the altar. 
Hallelujah. Which was his duty, his normal duty as a, as a priest, as a Levi, as someone that the Lord has ordained to serve in the temple. And usually, they usually serve these things once a year. So when it came to his Lord, that was the time. The scripture also put it this way, that he was barren. He didn't have a child to, uh, to, to his name, himself and the wife, Elizabeth. And that was the moment that the Spirit of God came through the angel of God and spoke to him at the altar. Hallelujah. So altars have got voices and they speak and they can bring messages to us. It's the same way that when others go to shrines, like last time that I, I spoke to you that somebody went somewhere, two places, two different villages, and they were trying to enforce death on me, to kill me or to remove me out of place and all that. All of you were praying for me at the time. You know, they went to one shrine and it wasn't powerful enough, so it didn't work. And then they went to a, a much more powerful shrine and then then the weapon also struck me and the prayer of the saint counteract the powers of that shrine and now everything yeah. came out with healing in my life by the grace of god hallelujah it's the same way altars have got voices hallelujah so if we don't know what we are doing carefully the devil will take advantage of the voices that he will speak from his altar and that will go against us hallelujah if we keep silent so we have to learn this thing that Altars receive messages, and through the altars, messages are also sent to the world. Hallelujah. So if you raise an altar, your altar or wherever the altar may be, it becomes a voice for you in the spirit. It begins to speak for you or speak on your behalf. It begins to defend you. It begins to say things on your behalf unknowingly or even knowingly when you know what you did. Hallelujah. So altars are very vital for us to all raise them. So this is fact number five. Fact number six, the strength of an altar that empowers the gift or the sacrifices we put on the altar or the words we speak or everything we speak depends on how the altar is raised. How you go about it doing the altar. Hallelujah. How you raise it, how you value the altar, it begins to gain that strength or that potency to be able to act on your behalf. Amen. I want to show you something. And this is Jesus himself speaking. Hallelujah. In Matthew 23, verse 16 to 19, this is Jesus talking. And he is helping to help us to understand some stuff in here. He, he, he saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the people who served in the temple that they valued, listen to me carefully, they valued the substance that they put on the altar more than the altar that has been raised or erected in the temple. They valued the people that came into the temple more than the temple that they had used to sanctify the whole village or the whole people. So Jesus was helping them to see that, listen, this is the blind way of you people serving the Lord. You have to respect the altar in the house and the temple of the Lord because it is within the temple of the Lord that the presence of God dwells. And so you've got to value and appreciate and, 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 and reverence this temple very well. And so the Bible says something in Matthew 23, verse 16, coming down to 19. Say, woe to you, blind guys, who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obliged to perform it. 
So going to the temple does not, or going to the temple and seeing the temple does not value much, but rather the substance or the artifacts that are found in the temple, that is much more reverence, reverence or that's more respected by these people than what the temple stands for to them. Today, if you go to Israel, the, one of the walls, the, one of the temple walls over there, or if you go there, Lord, I want to go there and pray also. Hallelujah. That has been one of my dreams. And I believe that by the grace of God, this year it will happen. Hallelujah. I'm praying that the grace of God will give us the opportunity to go to Israel to also go and pray on that wall. Hallelujah. And he went on by saying this, that fools and blind, for which is greater, the gold or the temple, and again, it says that, and whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that is on it, he is obliged to perform it. For which is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. So the strength of your altar depends on the value that you give to the altar. Did you hear that again? Did you hear that? The strength or the potency of your altar depends on the value or the respect that you give to all the altar. For example, this church, this assembly, this platform that you are hearing is an altar. Hallelujah. Because I have raised this as an altar to help families, to help people, to help communities, to help the nations, and uh, to help the world. And so here, I see this as an altar. So even this place, I don't allow anybody to come and sit here to come and eat or do anything. If you come to this house, this place is very difficult for people to come and sit here. The kids said, no, 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 I don't allow that. They themselves know. Why? Because I respect and value this place. And I, that is this place where the power of God comes out to be a blessing to you. Or the pronouncement or the voice of the Lord speaks out to you to make a blessing or a, a, a change in your life. So if I don't follow here, then whatever I may say to you may not be a blessing or a benefit to you you. Hallelujah. That is why it is very important for us to realize the need for us to respect and value the altars that comes our way or that speaks to us or that we sacrifices from. So Jesus said that if you value the objects that you bring onto the altar, for example, I'm using it as an example. You sow a seed of 100 pounds, or maybe, let's go a little bit further, 1,000 pounds. Oh, let's raise it a little bit further, 10,000 pounds. Let's go a little bit further, uh, maybe 100,000, or you want to go maybe higher, 1 million pounds, okay? And you put it on this altar, or this offering, or this assembly, to be able to be used for anything, and for the glory and for the purposes of the king, and the kingdom. And then... You value that money more than this altar. The Bible says that the strength of the altar will not be able to facilitate the things that you are believing God for in your life. Hallelujah. So every altar that we are raising, we've got to put that reverential fear and the value of respect that we want the altar to produce for us. That is why if you go to other places, those of you who have never been to some shrines before, uh, I want to show you. If you want to go there because I've been there, I, I, I told you that I'm from the royal family, so we know all these things. Tell him that don't, don't, don't open the door. I'll sort that out. 
So it is important to realize that every altar that we have raised, we have to place that value to it. And by the grace of God, the value we put in it gives us the power or the potency to be able to do what we need to do whenever we are praying or sacrifices on sacrificing on those altars. Hallelujah. I, I think that I've got a lot to share. There are quite a few more. We have done five or six. Number seven. Number seven, altars speak and can respond. Altars speak and they can respond. Hallelujah. Whatever altar that you are raising, it will speak for you. Amen. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, amen. thank you for responding. Thank you. Every altar that we are having or raising, they speak. They have voices. They have voices. And the altars will also respond when we need them to respond on our behalf. For example, those who place things on altars, as I was telling you, that somebody had gone by the family and by the dictates or whatever means that they send them to go and do the or whatever sacrifice. When they went there to do the sacrifice, they found out that the strength of that altar could not counteract or fight me. So they went for a feather strength, a feather powerful altar to a, in a different village and then the strength of that altar came and was able to release a weapon and it hit me. And that weapon now was speaking. But there was altar that was much powerful than the altar that these people managed to sacrifice from, which is the altar of grace from this assembly that we all began to raise an altar of prayer or an incense of prayer to protect me and cover me and bring me healing. And that prayer brought me salvation and healing, and I was able to have my freedom. And the one who engineered the activities for my life to be removed or taken away from this life, all of a sudden now will pick up a phone and call me with an unknown number and began to demand that I should react on something. Hallelujah. People of God, so altars can speak and they can also respond. When I began to speak out from this altar, the hand of God was able to bring judgment against them and we could get the freedom or the, the ability to get my, my health back on track. That is why it is very vital that altars must be respected and must be valued. Revelation chapter 16 verse 7 speaks about this. The Bible said the bow incense is able to bend before the Lord. Hallelujah. And therefore, what Whatever goes on with our prayers carry the value of the altar from the presence of God to bring us answers in our lives. Amen. I know that these messages are a little bit detailed, and unfortunately the kids are here to also serve the Lord with us together. But I pray that from today our hearts will be open so that we can learn some lessons about these authors. So that when you know that your family, a particular trait is passing through the family line. Then you wonder, you wonder which altar is speaking in the house. That is one thing you have to ask yourself. What kind of altar is speaking in this house? Where is it from? Who raised that altar? Where is it at? How can I, uh, can I assess it? How can I counteract it or also sacrifice on it? For example, if it's a good altar, you want to also invest in that altar. But if it's a bad altar, that is creating problems for the family, whether giving people financial insufficiency uh, or creating marital challenges or creating all kinds of trouble. You have a good marriage, you have a marriage, but no peace of mind, no happiness. Every time that 
there is trouble and all kinds of issues. There's an altar that even produces all kinds of attitude, bad attitude, behavior challenges to the people of God or to the people in the house. How do you assess those altars? We will continue with that by the grace of God. Hallelujah. So we've got to begin to have this thing in our mind to begin to ask God and seek for wisdom and know how to access these altars so that by the grace of God, we can come out unscathed or anywhere we have lost opportunities or grounds. We can gain those grounds back on track in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 It is important. Hallelujah. It is important for these authors to be able to be understood so that when we are praying, we can lift up a genuine prayer. You know for sure that your prayer is going. The day I got this revelation, it changed my prayer life to know that my prayer is because, listen to me, some of our words are not even accepted in the presence of God. So if this incense is not bent before God, how can my prayer reach who is sitting on the throne, who is righteous and pure, and with my lips I speak all vials and all other things which may not be acceptable in his sight? Hallelujah. So it is important to know the need for these altars and begin to work towards them so that God will show himself strong on our behalf, especially with our prayer lives. Men will know that God responds to our prayers on an altar. So you can value the altar, you can respect it, you can reverence it, you can carry it in higher esteem, and you can whatever you are sacrificing, you sacrifice on it well. Hallelujah. Number eight, sacrifices are acceptable at the altars. Hallelujah. Sacrifices are acceptable on these altars. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. Say, leave your gifts and go and make amends with all those who want to do whatever um, uh, situation in with you. That is not in good terms with you. What you need to do is to be able to make amends, come back to the sacrifice of altar, and then raise some altar over there. Hallelujah. Numbers 22 and 24 also helps us to understand that Balaam, Balak desiring to kill uh, the, 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 the Israelites, they needed an altar. Whilst raising that altar, it was so much so important that the, the power of the altar had to be powerful. So what, the, what Balaam asked him was to do, to raise seven different kinds of altars and then he will sacrifice on it and say something over it but the blessings of God that was on the altars of the Israelites outweighed the seven altars of Balaam so it could not work against the people hallelujah so the sacrifices that you put on these altars must be appreciated must be valued must be must be respected and then it begins to speak for you positively by the grace of God hallelujah amen amen, amen. Point number nine, altars are mostly found in places of worship. In the places where we do worship, altars are mostly found in those places. And people worship them and they give them reverence and all that kind of stuff. Hallelujah. Matthew 23 uh, verse 35 will help us to understand that. Hallelujah. And point number 10. An altar can be built to the Lord on the strength of his promise. An altar can be built to the Lord on the strength of his promise. An altar can be built to the Lord on the strength of his promise. Genesis chapter 12, Abraham built an altar based on what God said, based on the promises of God. 
Hallelujah. And from that point on, the life of Abraham changed. Though he faced all kinds of difficulties, but whatever promise God said never failed because he raised an altar to connect God to it. And on Friday, we studied about Jacob's, the vows of Jacob. It's already on TikTok. Hallelujah. The, the vows of Jacob is on already, already on TikTok. This morning, I posted it on TikTok, and, and it shall, I will post it around for you to see the preparation to the vow and the request before the vow and the vows that he made. And that is what we have prayed on Friday. It is, it's, it's also on Spotify. If you want to go and pray along, I pray that God will help you out and also be blessed uh, whilst you pray along by God's grace. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that is point number 10. I want to ask you one question, and I hope to get the answer very soon. What was the, or who was the first person to build an altar to the Lord, and what was that altar for? And that is the question I want to leave with you today. Amen. Amen. Next week, by the grace of God, we will go to the technicalities of the altar. Hallelujah. One, um, let me give it to you quickly, and then we go into deep uh, uh, understanding or explanations to it. Hallelujah. The altars are driven by need. That's one of the technicalities. They are fueled by faith. They are energized by passion. They are executed by sacrifice. They are operated with commitment. And they are backed by higher power, valued by honor, provoked by vows, and breached by negligence. So next week, by God's grace, we will learn on all these things. We will go a little bit deeper on them, and God will help us. Amen. So that every altar that is speaking to you or speaking against you, against your marriage, against everything, because you have the basic knowledge about altars, you can deal with it straight away. Hallelujah. And that is how I deal with my issues. Amen. That if I find out, I told you, that when the Lord showed me that there's an altar speaking against me to take my life away from me, what did I do? I raised an altar and I put a sacrifice on it. That is only 20 pounds. This altar. I put only 20 pounds. That's all that I had at the time. I transferred the money into the account of the church. And then I said, now by reason of this, I command. And then my freedom came. I, I didn't take any medicine from the hospital. No medicine. They gave me boscopam. It's still there. They gave me uh, emoprazole or emoprazole or whatever. They, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. It's still there. It's still there. Ada keeps pushing me. Go and drink. I said, listen, why should I take them? I know where the problem is coming from. I've been, I've done my vows. And then I went into consecration of prayer. And I prayed and everything. I reversed it back. The arrows, their weapons and everything. I mean, nothing. I didn't do, I didn't take any medication. So you see, the voice of the altar comes to this play that you know what altar that you can invoke. You know how to get out, engage the altar by sacrifice. And from there, you can also provoke the altar to speak on your behalf. That's all. That's all. So the things that you don't like seeing him, the financial insufficiency, you don't like seeing them, the marital challenges, you don't like seeing them, it could be an altar speaking against you. Maybe this altar was raised 200 years ago. You don't know. We don't know where it came from. But if God be for, for us, and if God be God, then you also raise a counter offer, 
and declare that from today, let my marriage receive the glory as I deserve. Or how you want the marriage to be. Raise the altar or raise the sacrifice on the altar of this assembly and speak into your life, into your marriage and see what will happen if things won't change. Hallelujah. So we've got to learn these things and help us to walk with wisdom, help us to walk with knowledge. The church is impoverished. The church is walking too, through too many challenges all because we don't understand these basic principles. And that is why my heart is all open unto the Lord. One day we'll talk about the ultimate altar. That is Jesus. He is the ultimate altar. The Bible says that altars are a place of slaughter. And Jesus Christ sacrificed his life. The Bible says that he put down his life for us so if nothing at all if you can raise any altar based on what jesus did on the cross that is an altar on itself for you to begin to invoke that that is why the bible says at the mention of his name we will talk about the ultimate altar at the mention of his name every knee every knee every knee there is no exemption there is no limitation there's no place on earth here so long as the thing exists it must bow it must bow. So long as the thing exists or it has got a name, it must bow. Whatever it is, financial insufficiency, it has got a name. That's its name. Or marital challenge, it has got a name. That is its name. Or trouble with headache, migraine, that is its name. So long as it has got a name, you know how to raise an altar or a sacrifice on the altar and then invoke the power of the altar to work for you. That's all. And you see results happening like magic. It will happen. It won't fail. Hallelujah. Why do you think that we see results happening? Yesterday, one of my sisters, I hope she will come and give a testimony today. One of my sisters called me with great joy and laughing. A mother now have seen God coming through for her again on this platform. When she called me earlier on, was crying. And was, I mean, I could feel her heart and how she could, I mean, I, was, I remember she, she was so down. She said, I have never been down before. Okay, I'll help you. Okay, put your hands there and pray. Okay, go. She called me and told me about some stuff, very personal, and then my heart was broken for her. I could feel that because my daughter has gone through a similar situation before. And then I, told, I said to her, that, don't worry, let's take prayer. God is capable. On this altar of this assembly, I began to raise sacrifices and began to pray for her. And I didn't call her to tell her anything. Yesterday, she called me and told me that, listen, this is, this is how it has happened. Oh, I hope she comes. I pray that may you also one day call me and tell me great testimonies in the name of Jesus Christ. Based on the sacrifices you are also raising on this altar, may the Lord look upon you with favor. And may the Lord respond to every cry and every need of your life, every demand and every expectation. May you never miss them and may the Lord bring them to you as you raise sacrifices on the altar as you have placed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and my apologies for the kids coming around to come and have service with us. Amen. I love kids. So sometimes places I go, I don't let them go out. I let them all stay in. Yeah, that was a <laughs> 
Hallelujah. Yes, today is Father's Day. So they are having service with us together. Amen. So God bless you. May the Lord favor every father and all mothers. You make us fathers. Hallelujah. All the mothers on the platform, you make us fathers. So thank you for all the things that you are doing. We appreciate all of you. Amen. But please value the authors that you have. Please open your heart to these teachings that we are learning because those are the things that will help us to become victorious in the Christian life. When the enemy fights us, the enemy will fight. Listen to me, no matter what, the enemy will fight. Not because you are righteous, because, because you are a child of God, the enemy will fight. Not because you have done something wrong, no. But because you are a child of God, Satan will fight you. But when you know your altar or the power of your altar, you raise sacrifices on it, and then things will change in your favor. So please, don't let anything disturb your peace. Don't... Uh, fret, fret, fret yourself too much and all the weight on your heart and everything no but please raise an altar D raise a sacrifice on an altar that you know that works and then let's see what god will do out of that by the grace of god in jesus mighty name amen amen amen, amen.